Guys, it's summer. It's almost summer and it is warming up and it is sunny and it is gorgeous. And I've just been thinking a lot about what does hot summer look like, aka sexy summer. Woo! Are you are you about to have a sexy summer, Cheryl? I mean, it's it's fiery over here. I'm gonna have a very sexy summer. Yes, nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are here on the Peeling the Onion podcast this summer and today to launch off a series that we are calling our sexy summer series. Hot sizzle. Sizzle. We need like one of those buttons like on radio shows where they hit the yes. sizzle. I like the clapping. Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell. Join us in a range of experts as we explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health and talk through ideas for how we can support your wellness journey. Let's jump in and peel the onion. How do you have a hot, hot summer, a sexy summer? And really, well, what does it mean to feel sexy. We often think of sexy as, well, it's how you look or how it's how you have sex or how you have intimacy, but really sexy really starts within. It does. It does. And, you know, as we are sorting through, um, some of our health conditions, as we are sorting through how we feel in our body, we can't leave this part out. We are human beings and sexual desire is certainly part of our makeup, but also it doesn't necessarily always mean sexual desire, meaning having sex or feeling sexy doesn't always equate to actually having intercourse with someone else or yourself. What we're talking about today is we want to keep it hot. We want to keep it sexy. We want to keep feeling good in our body. That's what we're talking about here. And so one of the things that we're going to, we are going to hit on the sexiness and how to feel sexy and what does it mean to feel sexy? And I think you'll, you'll get the gist that, you know, just being in tune with how your body feels and all the things that, that, that comes from that can really help us be more in touch with our sensual side. One, if we really think about it, it's like sexiness is really it's it's the warm up to the other things and again that doesn't necessarily mean that ends in sex you may be you might be partnered you may not be partnered mm-hmm. you may be um, a solo adult or elder mm-hmm. a young person it doesn't really matter but again we we start with ourselves we are always our own first journey into what sexy really is and so mm-hmm. we ask you to keep an open mind as you go through this episode cast a mm-hmm. broad net into the kind of fish that you may capture and really just walking away with self-care is right. the best care I know, I know. And for those of you where you just want to gouge your eyes out when you hear the word self-care, you might be on the wrong podcast, quite frankly, but we also want to encourage you to understand that what we're talking about here is just giving yourself the time and the space to take care of your body and your mind. So let's crack it open. Let's get hot. Under the covers. Sorry, that was weird. like we're in bed together, Nancy. I know. I'm sorry. We're not at we're all. Not, we're actually we're we're in different states, staring at each other through a screen, and recording this episode um, full, fully clothed. But we want to let you guys know that what we are here to unleash is some perspective on on what makes our body hum in this regard. And let's just be honest. I want to just talk candidly, like real talk, like. What do you find sexy, Cheryl? Tell me what's hot. What what 
you know, makes you excited? What do you deem hot and sexy? Confidence. Mm. Somebody who is confident and just, and when I say confidence, it's not like walking in and necessarily like owning the room confidence Mm -hmm. in who you are as a person being true to yourself, right? Having your personal truth, letting that sort of shine, not apologizing for being who you are, I think is a a big one. And I think also those are the people who really have that vitamin J. They have the joy Mm -hmm. of your soul and sort of spirit of, of who they are. They're doing the things that make them happy and helping to live their fullest lives. That's sexy. Yes, I know. You know what? And also what I really appreciate in someone too, are those like healthy boundaries where again, they know themselves enough to say no. They know themselves enough to say yes. And and when the right opportunity arises and to also just like approach, like to me, sexiness is really certainly coming with a sense of humor and coming at life, not so seriously, not taking our, like knowing ourselves and being confident, like in our body, but also being willing to observe life with some some candor and some lightness and also be interested in someone something other than themselves i think the idea that being cured and, and again i really appreciate your perspective on the joy piece of having something in their life that gives them joy whether it's their job whether it's their hobby whether it's their family whether it's just the sun being out and and, and the birds chirping I, it's you can feel that energy. It's it's contagious, and and I really do appreciate that. And you know, to not feel sexy. Womp <laughs> <I think> you- <laughs> <laughs> You and I have both had many moments, especially in our in our digestion series of talking about moments when we didn't feel our most sexy. And honestly, if if you want to relish in the feeling unsexy moment, if you're really going through a health crisis or a health moment right now and want to uh, feel some common ground with us, you can check out our our episode of, on our own journeys where we share in depth about our very unsexy moments of our health journey. But certainly the not sexy is, is that stressed out, overwhelmed, swarmy, unconfident, not unfocused. unfocused, not grounded feeling also like pushing out all of their problems on everybody else. It's never that like that sense of taking self-responsibility and you know what we need just and when i think about this a little bit it's also comes back down to that very innate desire that we even had as babies and children of needing parents and and individuals to in our presence that were calm and grounded and filling us up with joy and helping us when we look for partners in life we're hopefully we are also looking for people who can help nourish us and bring us up and so that sexiness in a partner or in just a friendship is certainly relevant of that so let's just like leaving the chaos at the door yes feeling good in our bodies taking that self responsibility having good boundaries and we don't get there overnight we are going to have seasons in our life, right? Where none of those things are going to feel like they're in place. You and I, in preparation for this episode, talked multiple times about new parents and people who have small children and 
man, that is a rough time. I think I was just I was just reading a study about the fact that parents will probably for the first six years of their child's life will be in sleep deprivation. It's not just in the infant stage. So anyway, there are other stages in life. There's there's lots of stages of life that we in seasons of life that we all go through and are stressed. Yeah. Well you could be even going And you could also be going like on a health journey. Maybe you're going through a healing protocol. I had a client the other day who passed some parasites and, you know, doing a parasite cleanse and clearing some chemicals. And she was like, I don't feel (laughs) sexy. And I was like, because it's not sexy to pass. (laughs) I mean, it kind of is sexy, (laughs) depending on who you are, passing parasites. Um, (laughs) For somebody over here who's a little... Yeah, loves that little world. But there's there's something about sometimes your body is going through a state and you don't feel sexy going through it. You're doing hard, deep work, or maybe you're doing hard, deep emotional work. Maybe mm-hmm. you've gone through some kind of loss. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the loss of a child or a partner or mm-hmm. a miscarriage, right? There's all these different um, things that can, can disrupt it. But we want to focus a little bit more just on the idea of, well, how are we optimal? We talk about this on the podcast a lot, right. which is how do we feel vibrant and well, and, you know, self-care is never just one thing and there's never just one anything that really affects the body and um you know puts us in a place of disease and so number one on my list is stress which we started to talk about but also the idea of sleep because mm-hmm. when you're not sleeping your body is not in a parasympathetic state you are not in a place of rest and digest. Our bodies are intended to heal while we're sleeping. Right. And so when you're not sleeping, you are putting further stress on the body. Stress is not just um, emotional stress. Stress is also physical stress. It may be a hidden infection. It may be food allergies. It may be disrupted sleep. It may mm-hmm. be sleep apnea. Maybe you snore. There's a lot of things that can mess with our sleep and just add to those stress components. That's um, right. And so I like to start there because it's like, how many of us are trying to connect with our partner at 1130 at night, midnight, mm. we're exhausted. You're trying to have an intimate moment. Maybe you're trying to have sex and get it on. And you're like, I'm so tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening right now. <laughs> it's not happening right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's real. And we like real yeah. talk. We love real talk on this show. Yes. Um, you know, we've, we all had some kind of those experiences. If you haven't, you probably will at some point in your lifetime, but many of us have, and it's a real thing that we have to be mindful of one, because our self-care is most important first and foremost, but then the care of our, of our relationships, our partners, if if you're partnered, et cetera, are just as equally important. We have to be mindful of, well, when do I make time to make sure Mm -hmm. I'm having space where I do feel sexy. Where does my that's field right. partner feel, feel feel sexy? Yeah, no, that's right. And in fact, I was thinking that just feeling sexy, let's just talk real talk for those of us who are in longer term relationships that and I've, I've have a few friends and I, I'm, I'm not going to mention obviously any names right now, <laughs> but I have one friend who her definition of sexy and she's married and they're now pregnant with their second baby. She doesn't fart in front of her husband. What? She has never pooped in front or near or around. That's never a conversation. Mind you, she's not chronically 
constipated, but she has some constipation issues because she doesn't, she's afraid of letting it go. And it has to be an appropriate time. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Where this is just part of life. He does he think that you just never have gas? Like, what is like? <laughs> can we just be honest here? And so I, I'm just like, okay, can we just redefine what it means to be sexy? I'm like, if you could see Cheryl and I were the most like wiping our like rubbing our eyebrows <laughs> are so stressed well, out by I'm, this. <laughs> I can barely contain my laughter, but okay, real talk, putting it out there. Like yeah. I met my wife talking about fermentation and fecal transplants. <laughs> and when she went there, we got girl went all out talking about fecal transplants, trying nice. to like one up me. Like she was really working it hard. And I was like, <laughs> okay, your sexy brains and this fecal transplant talk is sexy. Like yeah, I, mean, I personally could never be in a relationship where we don't talk about poop and we don't fart in front of each other. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, that's me. So that's why I'm, I'm dying because this is the polar opposite of my, my own relationship, but it's maybe there's, wait, are we too free? I don't know. You know what? We have reiterated. And if you aren't clear on this at peeling the onion, our entire philosophy about poop is that poop makes the world go round and Better without it. Yes. Yes. People, let's just be really clear. And if you need some help understanding that, please go back to the digestion episodes. Um, it's so important, but yeah, so we don't, we don't have to have a dinner conversation about it. I mean, maybe in your house you do, but in our house, we, we don't talk about poop at the table. We have a six-year-old. There's some, there's some finer boundaries around that that we have to put in place. But the, the, the key of what we're trying to talk about here is making sure that things are moving. I mean, can I, I know that you talked about your father-in-law and helping his constipation be relieved. And I have also had that work with clients and even in myself. And I'm like, I just feel lighter. I just feel everybody who, you know, if you're dealing with, with constipation, your brain can finally like feel more soothed and aired out and you're not holding so much tension. And you're not holding in that toxicity. Yes. Like, real talk again, like we detoxify through our hair, through our fingernails, through our mm-hmm. skin, through our bowel movements, through our mm-hmm. urine. Like we need all of those functions to not become toxic. And real reality is we are being hit by things that we don't see all the time that are making us toxic, whether that is what we're putting on our skin, what we're mm-hmm. bathing in that, you know, if we have fillings in our teeth, right. what we're spraying in the air, chemicals, what's on food, all these different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so you, none of us, no matter how organic or clean you eat or this or that, like none of us are exempt from toxicity. It's, it's, it's a real thing. And so, um, guys put poop at the top of your list. Like I know better out it's, than it's not sex. Poop is not sexy talk, but unless and this is sort of like doing things, maybe, maybe it is for Cheryl, but it is, <laughs> it is not the top of my list of sexy things to talk about. But what I think is important is that as long as it, this is sort of like, how do we say this? So you're, you're getting ready for a date and of the things that we sort of need to think about, like how we present ourselves is this is the back end work, pardon the pun. It is really just truly like making sure that like the back end systems are flowing, that we are doing, we are knowledge, knowledgeable enough about what, what we're putting in our body and taking care of ourselves. I was literally just at dinner the other night with a friend who was describing how she was having 
chronic IBD. This is irritable bowel, bowel disease symptoms, crazy bloat, all sorts of uncramping. And she was like, I was rageful. I was angry. I would, my, my partner and I would get into an argument and I would just tear him to pieces. And it was really, I mean, we had unfortunately witnessed a little bit of this discontent between them and how intense her anger could spike. And she said, listen, I just took, I was trying to get into my gastroenterologist and it was going to be, you know, months before they could get me in to do a scope and to properly diagnose me with maybe what could be a little bit of celiac because her blood work had come back with a tinge of celiac potentially. It was sort of inconclusive. The point I'm trying to make is that she just went ahead and took out gluten and she took out dairy and she was like, I'm just so much calmer. I feel so much at ease. And it was, she was, she was beaming. When I saw her, she had great color. She didn't look like she was ready to attack anyone or eat anyone alive. She really just like her whole vibe changed, which is so sexy. If you've got this easy, good, beautiful vibe, she was in her body. It was just so nice to see her and, and see her feeling good. And when we feel good in our body, we, we, radiate. And when we radiate, girl, we're sexy. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to echo that though. I too um, have a little bit of a celiac as well and um, Mm -hmm. definitely gluten sensitive. And yeah, gluten makes me pissy. I am am not a good human. (laughs) Um, Other things hiding in the body that affects us. And it's a really good reminder and brings us to kind of our next point, which is making sure that we're well nourished. Mm-hmm. When we have food allergies and intolerances and sensitivities, whether you have them or not, a sensitivity um, to a food does not mean that you're breaking out in hives and having an anaphylactic reaction. That's right. It's still causing inflammation and a fire in the body. But when we're not well nourished, we mm-hmm. don't sleep well. And when we're not well nourished, we're creating more stress on the body. And when we're not well nourished, we're messing with our hormonal mm-hmm. system which is also um, part of that is made in our guts. So a lot of our neurological depression and anxiety and things can be triggered um, by that lack of nourishment, but also our sex hormones. We can become estrogen dominant. Maybe you have extra body fat and therefore you're becoming more toxic because you have more adipose tissue. There's lots of things that can affect it. So eating real food, we've talked about this so many times on this show, not food-like substance, not processed food, like eat real food, eating organic as much as you can possibly afford to do so, eating wild and grass-fed meat, regenerative meats, really just being as mindful as you can about what you're putting into your unique body and listening to your body. That's right. Yeah. And being nourished is, is also, it's certainly about nutrition and about making sure we have right health, but also just being nourished in our relationships, nourishing ourselves in our, in our homes, making sure that we are doing the things that we need to do and surrounding ourselves around the people that that fill us up, that don't drain us out. I mean, this is true for men and women and people in general. We, and and I, I'm also going to just raise a flag a little bit for for us ladies who 
with a lot of social conditioning or trained early on as, as young girls to sort of like take care, we're the caretakers. That's not true for every single person, but I just want to say that, hey, you know what? Are you taking care of yourself? Or are you too busy taking care of everybody else? Do you have people around you who are filling you up instead of draining you out? Is your job filling you up or is it draining you out every single day? Is there, and I know there are going to be stressful moments in everybody's work life, but do you like what you do? And are you are you spending time really just alone? Are you getting some downtime to do the things that really light you up? And so when Cheryl and I talk about nourishing ourselves and we, we and when we when we think about sexy people, we're looking at people who were well nourished. And I mean that psychologically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually and physically and, and nutritionally. And when you're trained as a nutritionist and integrative health practitioner in, in the program that I went through at Maryland University of Integrative Health, you know, we really use this like this sort of circle of life tool that really helped us, you know, in look at all the the myriad of ways that and elements of our lives that that make us whole and so that meant spirituality and physical like fitness relationships nutrition all these different elements of our life that feed into making us a whole human and when we first worked with clients it was you can find this really easily online it was a way to sort of like take a self inventory right of like on a scale of one to 10, which parts of these lives are la- of, of your life are lacking or, or non-existent and which of them feel really full. And, and if you're trying to balance out the EQ of sound or like on your stereo from your bass to your treble, like how can you equalize things so that everything feels right for you? And it may mean taking some in certain seasons of our lives, we got to take some sacrifices. We got to, we got to, we might have to rob Peter to pay Paul a little bit, but at the same time, it, we all just kind of need to keep things in balance. And honestly, you know, our partners, our jobs, our friendships and our kids will benefit a hell of a lot more from from a version of us that is full and happy and balanced than a version of us that is feeling like total crud and wants to bite everybody's head off. 100%. Well, we're also meant to live and be in community. And so it's a good, you know, idea. It's like ask for help. Right. Ask for help with whether that's family members or friends, trade off plan that date night, plan that night for yourself, mm-hmm. ask for help from your partner, whatever it is that you need to do. I think cre- being creative and making sure that you're also asking for the things you need. You don't get, if you don't ask, everybody is not a mind reader. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. No. In fact, it's really, it's been, I'll just speak from, from my side of things. We were, you know, Greg and I really wanted to, to, keep Lucia breastfed as long as we could to kind of help build her immune system as she was born. And, and at 10 months, we were, things were going fine with breastfeeding, except for the fact that in order to keep up a little bit of extra supply, I had to do pumping. I had to pump sort of like late at night. So like between 10 and 10 PM and 12 AM and midnight. And 
also just the fact that like her only source of milk in that stage of her life, because we were doing some baby led weaning and getting her slowly move over to solids was totally reliant on me and, and and my supply staying up, which meant that I couldn't, if I didn't, if I sloughed off at all, it didn't, if I was not taking care of myself to the utmost degree, my supply would, would go really far down. And so that was just adding extra stress. So it was like, okay, so what am I going to trade off here? Well, what we did was we just supplemented Lucia with a formula and it was wonderful. She was, she's a perfectly healthy, lovely kid. She was a healthy baby at the same time. And, but there was this thing in my head that said to me, I have to breastfeed this kid at least till she's 12 months old. And at the same time, I can't keep this up. And so it was one of those things of let's just take a, let's just have a reality check right now. Like I am Greg, it was really putting stress on my relationship with Greg, my husband, because I was up late and stressed out trying to do this extra pump. I was not able to go fulfill myself and do and do the things I wanted to do with my job as much because I was still kind of bound to Lucia's schedule. And anyway, it just freed me up. It just took the pressure off. And I didn't realize that until until it happened, like how much was sort of sitting on my shoulders. And so I would, I'm just going to encourage all of us, and this is not just all to the, to the moms or the parents out there. Like I really, this has just been my experience. I have a six-year-old, so this has been my reality for the last six years, but I encourage you, like, if you got quiet for a few moments and could sit down and really take a self-inventory and an assessment of your life, what do you feel is the thing that's sitting on your shoulders? What would release that, that? drudgery, that weight off your shoulders. And can you name it? You don't have to do anything about it right now. Don't get overwhelmed by the to-do list or the reality check that, or the scarcity mindset of removing something like that from your life. But can you name it? And simply naming it can also add some relief because they can also help you to talk about it and maybe, maybe consider an alternative. So that might be quitting your job. It might be losing some relationships in your life. It might be um, taking some money that you set aside for another project and putting it towards some, you know, self care. And so, you anyway, there's some things that certainly that we can all take the assessment on in our lives for sure. Absolutely. And none of us are in the same situation. So I want us to try something. Yeah. Okay. Just everybody out there listening and podcast lands, take a moment and really sit with it and think about what does it feel like when you're on vacation, Mm. right? How do you actually feel? Because I think it's a great example of when we start to feel like our best selves. Maybe you're sleeping more. Maybe you feel less stressed. Maybe you feel more sexy, right? Maybe you feel more nourished. There is something about the idea, like ideally vacation is we are in a parasympathetic state. We are being well nourished and fueled. But also when we're in a parasympathetic state, we are more willing to try other things. Whether that is being adventurous, maybe you feel more free. Maybe it's easier to set the mood for, for sex or for a massage or for whatever it is you would like to do, right? Maybe you feel more inclined to try new things or try things that maybe you would normally maybe feel fearful about or anxious about. When we are in that kind of vacation space, it's it's a good reminder to be like, well, what do I feel like on my body when I'm on vacation? 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do I bring that into my day to day? Yeah, I know. And I, when I hear you say that, actually, sometimes I think about the beauty of and luxury of sitting in a hotel room, being away from your house and some of the chaos that might be laying around surrounding you at home. And Greg, my husband and I just bought a house. We just moved recently. It's a big moment in our lives, really exciting. And in the course of moving, of course, you get to purge things. You get to sort through things. You get to set things up fresh and anew. And to be totally transparent, I just want to say that I am obsessed with the home edit. Oh my God. We love the home edit. (laughs) It is so great. And if Uh. you don't, know the home edit. They are uh, a female duo. They're friends. They're based out of Nashville and they have an amazing Instagram account, which is what's launched their career. And they had now have a two season series on Netflix that is been amazing to watch. I've been so inspired. I am married to a dude who is a little OCD, but in all honesty, of he is very meticulous about where he wants things and how he wants things set up so that he can be in his best workflow and energetic flow. And, and I've never really met somebody so productive. So I want to just say that there's something I'm tr- starting to thread this together for myself. I have, I'm not like a clutter junkie, but I also am a piler. And so what I've been noticing about myself is that the piles are reflective of the jam up in my brain and the jam up in my brain is reflective of the stress and the overwhelm and the overwhelm is what dampens the mood (laughs) and my energy and my willingness to be fully present at the end of the day, when I do have downtime with Greg. And so those are things that I've been really wanting to put some work into. And, you know, who this is, again, this is a great example. And we, we've had a lot of them, but again, like peeling back those layers of like, okay, right. So my, I have, I'm a piler. How does piling affect my brain? How does my, how does that clog in my brain affect the level of cortisol and stress in my body? How does the stress in my body connect to my presence with my partner? And here we are. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> I feel you though. That energetic space is really key. We 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 two are fans of the home edit. Home edit. We'll just have to send this to them, I guess, so they can listen to our rants and raves here. But it, it's interesting because it's like um you know, last weekend we we got some new like nightstands for our bedroom that we've been waiting on for a while and some other organizational things. And my wife Nadia was we we need to go to the container store and do some stuff. And then we were had measured, she had measured all the drawers and all the things and dresser drawers and this and that and nightstands. And I was like, okay, so we're just like playing Jenga with all these clear boxes. Yes. And, and in that moment, I was joking around, I was like, who's the Clea and who is the Joanna in this, in this relationship? I realized I'm the Joanna and she's the Clea, but Clea like and Joanna, by the way, are the two ladies <laughs> from the home edit in case you don't know, but yes. right. But we coming home and like seeing this, like the level, it's sort of funny. Cause I am a piler, but I am probably a lot more organized and in some ways than my wife is, but coming home and her just 
Jenga in together and organizing everything in her drawer, her supplements and her herbs and her tinctures and this and that and all these different things and the joy <laughs> and like the stress that it took away having a full brand new nightstand with drawers, with everything, having a little bit more space. And then it's, we all keep other things in our nightstands per se. Maybe you have booby things or sexy things or toys or this or that, whatever you're into, whips, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, no judgment at all. But there is something really sexy about like having access to your things. That's, I was very excited to have my, I have these sort of like happiness, um, daily ritual cards that my friend Donna Hollins had made that are, and I like to pull a card every morning as sort of like inspiration for the day. And I have like my Theragun <laughs> for when your back hurts. Like, of course, who doesn't want a Theragun in their end stand? It doesn't really matter. But the point is, is like sometimes just clearing that space, whether it's physically or even energetically, we um, are big believers that we don't do blue light in our bedroom. We have baby light bulbs. We don't do EMF. We don't charge our phones in our bedroom. We consider our bedroom a sacred space for winding down, for reading, for sex, for sleep, for whatever you want. Cuddles with the cat, cuddles with your children. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And so I love that you bring it up because just setting the mood is really key, but also we need to set the mood. And sometimes we need to make be mindful and even plan times for sex, times for intimacy, time for to be adventurous, um, to try new things, right? We have to set set the space for all of those things. It's not just, great, I'm going to light a candle and I'm going to go get it on. No, but there's, there is like this sense of, are you well-fed? Do you feel good? Or did you go and eat a whole pizza and you feel like you have a stomach ache? You're probably not going to want to go be intimate with someone. You're probably going to want them to rub your belly. Maybe depending on who you are. I don't like my belly rubbed period, but some people do. (laughs) So it, it, it just, it pulls back together, like letting, setting ourselves up for that all optimal space, both emotionally and physically and, and just all of our senses. I know it's true. I love that. I love the concept of scheduling. Greg and I always laugh because we, one of his buddies and his wife have a, have a Saturday date. And there's sometimes there's moments where he's ah, it's 1030. They're hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're, um, we always joke because we could just, we just know what time it's happening and, and that it's just, and we, but, but we also appreciate it. And the thing that I also thought about is like setting the scene and setting the stage is so about having, I feel like there's four plays happening all the time. Like it's some of those things are again, as long as we can, because not just what's happening in the bedroom, it's not just happening in like in, in the 30 seconds before our clothes come off. Like we're talking about just like staying present, supporting ourselves. And like you're saying, being mindful of what we're consuming, Mm -hmm. both in terms of, of entertainment, of toxicity, toxicity. I can never say that word, right? Toxicity, toxicity. Thank you. And (laughs) food. Yeah. Uh, Well, listen, guys, we have so much more ahead of us when it comes to talking about a hot, sexy summer. We have a lot in store. We're going to dig in future episodes over the course of the summer around hormones, around libido and libido. And and we're going to talk, hopefully, um, 
we're working on some episodes to just work on the uh, on the gentlemen's of our lives and their hormonal profile as well as the ladies. And so to really think about how do we how do we educate ourselves and kind of arm ourselves with with more information so that we can mm-hmm. be ready to go to take care of our bodies and and have a hot sexy summer. So please right. stay tuned. And and have a hot, sexy summer without expectation. Even if you plan it, even if you are setting the mood and setting the stage, sexiness is also being open to whatever happens. And so keep it sexy with us. Stay tuned for more of our hot summer series. And thanks so much for listening. You guys can visit us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audible, and Spotify. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. You can also visit our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. See you next week. You have just finished another episode of Peeling the Onion Podcast. Music is by Greg DeJazoo. You can also stay in touch with us over Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast and on our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. We would love to receive your feedback on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Peeling back the onion.